It's beginning to look a lot like I want my 126 minutes back. We watched How Sarah Got Her Wings, which means it's time for a Christmas time episode of Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen, if you thought you had seen it all. I mean, the Pearl District was all pawn shops and meth labs till the gays moved in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workhoven and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm really well. And Brian, the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian? Hey, Todd. I'm uh, glad to be back here. Good, good. It is Christmas in the Northwest and we have a Christmas movie for you <laughs> called How Sarah Got Her Wings. Um... I do have. Uh, are we ready to get in the movie, or in, right into the movie, or do we have something? No, let's talk uh, about why we just giggled at Christmas what you just said. In okay. The Northwest. <laughs> Sing it, Mark. So, yes, <laughs> is a child's answered prayer. Uh, so, funny enough, um, this weekend I posted uh, a photo on my Unipiper page over on Facebook, and I asked folks uh, what they thought the most annoying Christmas song was. <laughs> And I told folks that well, the answer is clearly Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. And feel free to argue uh, if you wanted. Well, pretty much the number one response I got was Christmas in the Northwest. And I was like, I've never heard of this song. And I, I just brushed it off at first. And then enough people finally kept saying Christmas in the Northwest. And I was like, what, what? is this? So I looked it up and uh, I, I found that video that I made you guys watch before we started <laughs> recording. And holy crap, like, th how is this not something that everyone it, knows about? It's Baby Shark you know, addictive, <laughs> like a hooky. Should uh, I play a little bit of it here? Uh, baby see. shark? A, a few seconds. <laughs> baby shark. Uh, I'm sure there will be a Christmas version of baby shark uh, if you give it enough time. So, yeah, I will play a little bit of it of it here. Um, but I, as this started playing, I said I know about it and Fun Employment Radio listeners will know about it because Sarah X. Dillon, a co-host of uh, Fun Employment Radio, is sort of obsessed with this song because she always heard the album growing up. That's the one her mom played over and over and over. And back when she was on the Rick Emerson show as the producer during Christmas time, they would play a lot of Christmas music and she would always make uh, him play this song. So I have known about this song for about 15 years because <laughs> of Sarah Dillon, but we'll uh, have a little, a little taste right. of it here. I have never seen the video though. Yeah, so I, I felt like the video was apropos to share because it was clearly filmed in Christmas in the Northwest. Yes. Okay, here we go. The wind may not blow, might not even snow, but there's nothing like Christmas right here at home. So we'll play a little bit more of that at the end, but yes, it is Christmas in the Northwest, and we have... <laughs> We have a movie called How Sarah Got Her Wings, a delightful Christmas tale. Uh, now, before I kind of hand it off to you, Brian, to, to take us through this movie, I wanted to play a little bit of the trailer at the, uh, this is the very end of the trailer, um, because right out of this, at, right, right out of the gate, uh, this movie uh, did something. And, and I'll... Right here on Earth. My name's Sarah, and I was sent from purgatory to help you get back together with your true love, which I'm pretty sure is Jordan. But I only have until Christmas Eve to do it, or else I don't get into heaven, and I have to sit on this sad little bench for eternity because I'm not on the list. So, you're an angel. Basically. Mar Vista Entertainment presents Lindsay Gort, Derek Thieler, and Melanie Liebert. So... It, the thing that struck me about this trailer is that they, it said those things as if they were meaningful <laughs> right. from Mar Vista Entertainment, <laughs> Lindsay Gort, Derek <laughs> Thieler. And I'm like, am I supposed to have emotion when I hear any of those things? What is what is going on? That was a rather that was almost <laughs> like a uh, slapstick comedy uh, music <laughs> choice. Yeah, it was. Uh, so uh, I'll hand this over to you, uh, Brian. Oh. And so not only Marvista Entertainment, but Fancy Pants Productions. Fancy Pants Productions. Brings us How Sarah Got Her Wings. So, Brian, what is How Sarah Got Her Wings? How Sarah Got Her Wings back. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we should give a shout out to our friend of the show, Brian Turner, for uh, turning us on to this movie. 
this was a tip uh, for the. He he discovered this movie on Netflix, I believe, maybe last season, but originally came out in 2015. Um, and this was part of. I, I don't know if you guys are catching on to what's going on right now. Like these sappy romantic holiday films are sort of having their moment. Yeah, and I heard Netflix just dumped a bunch of them uh, on their service, which is obviously this is on Netflix, but how they <clears throat> set up a special or whatever just for these Lifetime slash Hallmark slash whoever scraped together $20 to make a movie. Yeah, family's got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> People got to eat. We can't not make bad Christmas movies. This season alone, uh, there are 22 original holiday films on the Hallmark Channel. What? Just on the Hallmark Just Channel? Just on the Hallmark Channel. Holy Toledo. Now, I'm not a big consumer of these <laughs> movies, um, and I don't know if you guys ended up doing this, but I... Uh, I'm, I said to you guys beforehand, maybe you should come up with a list of... Oh, I totally... Of, uh, which, yeah, we don't have to make the actual list, but of of, um, of cliches. That, so we'll that. discuss that as we go through, but cliche, Christmas movie cliches. <clears throat> so, uh, and this movie's got a bunch of them. Um, but yeah, Brian, what is this movie? Oh, uh, Why did this happen to us? I, this happened to us because it was, uh, of course, filmed in Portland. Um, but it... <sighs> I don't know. This is one of those dime a dozen um, feel good family holiday rom com disasters. Yeah. Uh, let's get no name actors with a no name budget. I'm sorry. Are you talking about Lindsay Gort? <laughs> you mean not Kristen the Bell? Lindsay <laughs> Gort, not Kristen Bell, and I can't <laughs> believe it's not Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the most amazing thing about this movie to me is is how these actors are such clever lookalikes to their counterparts. Several times I had to remind myself it was not actually Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah. But mostly because of the lack of acting talent and charisma always grounded me back. These right. are the actors I would hire in the porn parody <laughs> for the Chris yeah. Pratt and uh, Kristen Bell movie. Uh, also starring not Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yes. Oh. I did make a yeah. note, though. Uh, the first time we're introduced to our not, uh, I can't believe it's not Chris Pratt. He's shirtless. And I wrote down, Mark loves this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> oh, and, and then also starring uh, not Cameron Diaz as St. Peter. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, okay. To be fair to her, her name is uh kathleen rose perkins and she's a uh, a character actress but she i uh, there's a uh a, a, tele- a showtime tv show called uh, episodes starring matt leblanc of all people oh and oh the, I've the heard conceit of, that. of it is this british this successful british television uh producers this couple that have a really a hit show in that's like smart and funny in <clears> england <throat> they bring it to america and it turns into like this terrible cliche awful sitcom starring Matt LeBlanc that they have to retool and like it goes through and it's a really clever show and it's really good it's called Episodes Mm -hmm. and um, this lady uh, Kathleen Rose Perkins plays a Hollywood agent in kind of the same manner she does here but just like disingenuous and she is amazing on that show and I thought she did pretty well on here but yeah but she's she's great. Well, you know where you know Chris, the non Chris Pratt guy from uh-uh. your dreams, my dreams. <laughs> um, so I don't know if our audience will be able to hear this or not. I know we won't be able to, but oh yeah, they can, they can uh, they can listen to this. So they're hearing the State Farm commercial. Okay, wait. Um, State uh, Farm is a State Farm commercial and. On the screen that we're looking at it, it jumps a lot. Okay, but not in real life. Not in uh, in real life. He's the hot guy that they conjured <laughs> during the State Farm commercial. Oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He, he kind of looked like ben- Benedict Cumberbatch there, too. <laughs> totally. That's amazing. Yeah, so they're very generic uh, leads and very generic actors. It's a very small yeah. movie. There's not a, there's a couple locations. Right. Um, uh, yeah, so the conceit, what is the conceit of this movie? Take us, set our story, Brian. Oh, you turned your Christmas light now. I did, hopefully that's, <laughs> hopefully that's as and we're distracting as I mat- hope it is. We're accidentally matching in our red plaids today, too. Yeah, Mark didn't want to play along. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's not on theme. Well, for all of our uh, audience who has seen uh, the 1996 made-for-TV movie starring uh, Dolly Parton, uh, Unexpected Angel. Oh, I'm sorry. Unlikely Angel. Unlikely Angel. This is essentially a remake of that film. Really? Yes. This seemed way too generic to be a remake of anything. 
Well, maybe that is why it's a the remake. <laughs> it's like yeah. ten of these. <laughs> oh, funny. I wonder if that movie's good. Uh, I don't know, but I watched the trailer on YouTube, and it is beat for beat a remake of that film. Wow. So the the conceit is um, not Kristen Bell. I guess uh, her character's name is Sarah, um, and she dies a couple of days before Christmas. Um, she goes to heaven. She's standing in Two front weeks. of. Uh, two weeks before thank you mark uh she's standing in front of the pearly gates uh, and she's told she cannot get into heaven because she has not done something she has to do her thing on earth first so she gets sent back to earth and she has 12 days to it, it kind of feels like quantum leap uh <laughs> <laughs> meets angels in the outfield they they name drop angels in the outfield. They did. That's why I said that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play the clip here. Uh, speaking of the Kathleen uh, Rose Perkins, who I was talking about before, but this is right after Sarah. Uh, she is volunteering at a church in the in the opening scene of this, and she walks out to chase somebody's dog that got out. A homeless man's dog got out. They're serving the homeless. Um, and she opens the door, and instead of putting the door stopper down, which the door clearly has, she like reaches. Do you remember what yeah. happened? She reaches for a chair. She tries to reach for the chair to block the door. Okay. And she ends up losing her shawl and having the door lock behind her and not touching the chair. Okay. Yeah. And then she gets locked out. She finds the dog and then she steps in front of a uh, in front of a bus and dies and arrives at uh, arrives at heaven. So. Um, and that was in the first like. Within the first five minutes. Oh of the yeah! Movie. Oh yeah! That's right out of the gate. It's actually a pretty creepy premise that she and the dog it is. Like, immediately die. Yeah, yeah, and we don't really know anything about her. And so here she is when she gets to the pearly gates. Loving you, Daphne. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So what do you have to do? Well, it's not exactly up to me. I'm not following. This is after she's uh, said that she's not on the list for being in heaven, and she's like, "But I've done everything. But what can I do?" Okay. In order to get into heaven, you're going to have to go back to Earth and. Figure out what you still need to do to get on the list. But I've done everything right. I don't know what else there could possibly be. I'm sorry. Our policy doesn't allow me to help you with that. But, but I am sending you back to somebody who might be able to. Wait, I'm not going to come back as like a zombie or something, right? No, no, you're in the spirit world now. Just think of it like an angel in training. Okay. So that's the premise. She has to go back. She's sent back to help someone figure out something to have somebody help her figure out the thing right yeah and she shows up in i can't believe it's not chris pratt's apartment and it turns out that that they are ex-boyfriend and ex-girlfriend it's actually really confusing like she doesn't know what she's supposed to do and it's never made clear why she needs to do what she needs to do and it, it, the plot was so thin <laughs> Like, well, and we have barely was, met this character. She gets hit by a bus and shows up in the apartment of someone we've never met yet, who is the main lead, and told that they were ex-boyfriend and ex-girlfriend. It's not really a Christmas movie, is it? No, it takes place at Christmas, and there are Christmassy things. One of her powers is to conjure things, and we'll talk about powers later. But, but I mean, there is no reason why this movie has to be set during Christmas. No, it could be at all. set at any time no, of the year. The Christmas is the gimmick, so that places like netflix will play this every year and people right. will watch it right but yeah it's not there's no reason and the the heaven theology is shaky at best <laughs> <laughs> well okay so while we're talking about the uh scene at the pearly gates mark if you could um open up the photograph that i sent you that is so conveniently labeled logo.jpg uh i would like to share with you guys uh the effort the deed the meticulous detail that the this one yes uh, if you could blow that I up as big this. as you can, um, you can see the uh, not quite circle that they were able to cut out and stick over the Apple logo on the back of her iPad. I did see that. <laughs> it is like this. <laughs> it is like a kindergartner freehanded a circle and then they That's stuck that hilarious. on the back of the iPad. It's like they realized last second that they couldn't have the Apple logo showing and some guy there with a dull child yeah. scissors. Yes. Rip that piece of paper out. Using the back out. page of one of the scripts. Yeah. But then um, they made the Steve Jobs joke. They did. Which, because uh, she gets, uh, Sarah gets a, a an Apple watch to go back to <laughs> Earth with, and it has a Heaven app. Yeah. And she's like, oh, there's an app for everything. And they point and they show the back of this g balding guy who's wearing a turtleneck. And now 2015, when did Steve Jobs die? It Maybe 2012? Uh, okay, 2012. Right, so only three years. I mean, that's too not, soon. Yeah, too soon. How Sarah got her wings. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> 
Oh, and so the other the other thing is if she if Sarah can't get into heaven, she has to go sit on a bench. Oh, yeah. With <laughs> three other people. The three other people are oh, so no, you'd I be forget. stuck for it's all like eternity. A, but it's like like a purgatory next to a Roman centurion. <laughs> uh, a little girl. A, a little girl who could have been from any time frame. And yeah, shoot, I meant to. Yeah, and it was a screenshot. Yeah, and it was so weird. But are we led to believe that everyone gets into heaven except in all the history of the earth except those three people and they just have to sit on a bench? Well, maybe there's multiple benches. <laughs> but that's what Sarah is terrified of is having to spend eternity on that bench, which I thought was a strange. Uh, <sighs> well, you don't want to show fire and brimstone and, and you know, <laughs> that's wailing weeping, and weeping, weeping and gnashing, gnashing of teeth. teeth in your Christmas movie, I guess, right. is uh, the wrong uh, okay, tone. Okay, just... I guess sit on a bench for a so, long time. So let's just run through the plot really quick yeah. so that we can talk about all of the implications of this plot because it, it's kind of scary. <laughs> so it takes place in Portland. Very, very Portland. Yes, a lot of Portland mentions right out of the gate too. There's a Reed College mention. There's a um, the op- what we played during the opening segment was the Pearl District <laughs> mention. Right. Now, did you guys catch on to this movie's dirty little secret while you were watching it regarding Portland. It was going should we uh, let's wait for that until the very end. Okay, um, that reveal. Yeah, cuz it was going to be my Christmas present that we, you guys didn't pick up on that. We didn't talk about this beforehand, right. so I'm wondering if if we So came... well, yeah, we'll just we'll just wait. Okay, on that. this movie has a little dirty secret. But um but yeah, there's some beautiful footage of Portland. I mean, oh, yeah. there's some nice aerial 4k photography that i was kind of wishing uh they had when they made foxfire right uh, because of the the burnside bridge scenes there to see that in but um it now, was really really pretty did you realize that all of those burnside bridge shots all, the portland sign said made in oregon oh i think i read a review that mentioned that now that sign didn't say made in oregon uh it lasted made in oregon back in 2010 okay Okay, well then that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. <laughs> Should we? <laughs> I feel like this is the reveal at the end of Sleepaway Camp. How you try to <laughs> right. you try to explain the movie without <laughs> the thing, but Mark, Mark, go, go for it. Mark, you, well, let's I'm, see if his Mark figured it out yet. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Okay, ready, Todd? One, yeah. two, three. This, this movie was not, was not filmed, filmed in, in Portland. Portland. Oh. At all, <laughs> there were all all the establishing shots, but but this was... movie featured Portland almost more than anything we've had with yep. several mentions of Powell's, of Reed, of a specific restaurant, Ox restaurant, Ox restaurant, uh, a bunch Pearl of District, stuff. The, the Pearl District, not yep. shot here. Yeah, and I, when did you realize that? Uh, let's see, that is a good question. Probably three quarters of the way through is when I put it together. I, that's when I started putting it together too, and then I just kept thinking about it after I watched <laughs> it the first time, and then I watched it the second time and made note of it. Actually, now that I think about it, there was one specific moment where I did put it together. Okay, it was the scene later in the movie when not Chris Pratt is uh, picking up his girlfriend's son from his baseball game, <laughs> and there is a sign for the park, the ball field. You mean Jack Smock Field in yes. Burbank, California? <laughs> Thank you, Todd. <laughs> so I immediately googled what? that because I wanted some frame of reference because. Like you googled Jack Smock Field too. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> I was not. I wanted some frame of reference because none of these scenes. I was like, that kind of is Portland, but I'm not sure where they're at. And yeah. I wanted. And there was a Christmas tree lot. I thought was over by the like the White Eagle yeah, area. Exactly. But they shot it like in between two Christmas trees so that you couldn't see around it. And then there's another yeah. scene on a street corner, but there's just kind of Ivy behind you and you can't really see. I thought that might've been the Pearl. And when he showed up, when uh, not Chris Pratt shows up to pick this little kid up from his, uh, his hockey game, it is clearly Southern California. I grew up in Southern California and you could see the Hills in the background. Yeah. And I didn't Google it th- that time, but then the second time I Google it, cause there's another part too. Oh, well the church, I um, oh right. I was like, well, where is that church? Is that somewhere around? And I found the church, and it is. Where did it go? It is Mount Olive. Uh, oh, and you I, found that I church. I found a. Holy crap! I found an article uh, from three years ago about them using 
the church. Uh, we're excited, says Reverend Eric Schaefer. <gasps> so uh, it's a whole little local newspaper thing about how this church in um, was in this movie. Was in this movie, yeah, and it's the one because it has a wow. it has a big statue right. of really Jesus hanging. Statue of it's Jesus. like 3D hanging, like Freddy Krueger in in Nightmare on Elm Street when <laughs> he comes through the wall. Yeah, the elastic wall, <laughs> and his arms are growing. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, yeah. Now I can't find the exact uh, little uh, Santa Monica. It's in Santa Monica. So there's uh, the interior and exterior of the church is is there. And then I started writing down because they would go from this beautiful 4K shot of the Burnside Bridge and then another thing of the maiden organ sign and then a giant outdoor ice rink with a giant tree that is clearly nowhere yeah. in Portland. Mark, this is probably a good time to pull up some of those uh, screenshots. Yeah, that. Yeah. good idea. Because um, I took some pictures of uh, some of those Portland skyline images in addition to one in particular that I really want to talk about. All right. Um, so, uh, okay. Well, that image right there, I, I included that just because I w- wanted to uh, highlight the effort that was put into the decorations in the movie. And this was essentially just someone pulling out their ball of lights in the attic and then not wanting to untangle it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, there's our maiden organ sign. Yep, 2010 movie filmed in 2015. So I wonder if okay. We- isn't okay go ahead right there they're looking at a street corner like of a residential uh, dist- uh, housing place with some decorations on their lawn there's two things i want to point out about this image i noticed one of them and there's a do uh, um wrong way or whatever that that street sign is but it is blurred it is out blurred out why would you blur out i thought maybe that was on my screen or something like that i uh, killed a bug there and it was just blurry <laughs> but i have a theory about why this do not enter sign is blurred out yeah okay so i watched this movie twice Uh i watched it first on netflix and then i watched it the second time uh on youtube and it was a recording of the original broadcast on the ion network and they are different in about five minutes of length so there's about five minutes of extra footage in the netflix version (laughs) Ooh. Um, it's the director's cut of how Sarah got her wings. Right. And there's some really weird edits in, in the original broadcast run. And uh, one of the things that is different is um, the scene when they're in the bar and the guy, this is, you know, it's Portland. So they, the guy orders two IPAs. <laughs> yeah, and I don't I know if that. you noticed the beer that they actually <laughs> yeah. received. Uh-huh. No, Did you catch I didn't. that? No. It, it clearly said something lager. <laughs> 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 but in the Netflix version, you could see the label. And in the uh, original broadcast, the label had that same blur effect, so you could not read it. Weird. Well, that one makes sense. So I'm wondering if it was some sort of algorithm where it just recognized the do not enter sign as a logo. I guess, but then Mm. the Netflix one, the uh, the Netflix one that I watched was blurred out because I noticed it. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a really strange thing because it is just that is blurred out like specifically this do not enter sign. Yeah. And it looks like there's a dumpster fire in front of it too now that I'm looking at this again. (laughs) Did you see what kind of trees behind that sign? Uh Uh-uh. It's a palm tree. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of those around here. That's the Pearl District. That's what the gays put there after they moved in. (laughs) Well, okay, let's talk about that since you bring it up. So that quote that we started the show with, I believe it says uh, that the Pearl Pearl District was filled with uh, what? Meth heads. Meth heads and prostitutes until the gays moved in. Yeah. Well, that line is cut from the broadcast of the movie on the Ion Network. Oh, really? Wow. And so I was watching the movie because I wanted to pull these Scandalous. sound clips, and then I, I missed it. I was like, I did, did I, was I not paying attention? And then I went back to the Netflix version to the scene that I thought it was in, and there it was. And then in the broadcast version, it literally, there's just a cut, and, and they just snipped that one line out. Blink. Weird. Yeah. Do you know anything about the Ion Network itself? I don't, other than I believe it is a broadcast channel because I think with my HD antenna I feel like I get that channel that's true it started back in 97 as the PAX channel oh I remember PAX that's where they had all the family shows yes like seventh heaven it's kind of kept that family-ness and I'm wondering if that's why they cut that line about the kept it G instead of PG Uh uh-huh you can't talk about drugs or the gays or the gays that's probably the drugs probably the drugs (laughs) Um, but so now that the little secret about the movie is out, not being filmed in Portland, I I have two questions. Um, 
The first one about using footage, like we were talking before about when you show a product in the movie, how much do you have to, like if we make a movie and show Coca-Cola, we need to get their permission. And then sometimes there's the product placement where they pay for that. How does that work in a city, do you think? Maybe I should ask Tim Williams this. Yeah, I I don't know specifically, but you know, most of the location-based shows, you know, WRQP, KRP, WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, the uh, the office where it's set in Scranton, right? And, uh, uh, the other one from um, the gang uh, has uh, the. <laughs> Even if I knew, I wouldn't say because <laughs> I'm enjoying watching you walk <laughs> walk through this. This is the one what? where the where the gang eats toothpaste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? That took a left turn from anywhere okay. close. I was getting. Is it ch- are there um, children in this? No. The gang. No. The there's gang? Danny DeVito. And Taxi. No. Uh, it's a Cheers. <laughs> yeah, Cheers is in Boston. <laughs> Second word sounds there's, there's like a, Danny DeVito. <laughs> there's a name of a city in the show, uh, and it is. Um, uh, it's always sunny in, oh, in, yeah, in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, uh, <laughs> all of those are filmed in Los Angeles, uh, and so that, I mean that's where all the actors are. That's where right, right, doing sure. So, so, so uh, what I thought, and I mean clearly they they bought the stock footage uh, from somewhere, and which whoever yeah. did that, I forgot <clears> to look in the credit. But and then at the very end of the credits, it says a big capital filmed in Los Angeles, California, <laughs> which was awesome. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, the, the stock footage was beautiful, but then um oh crap, what was my second question? It was a very important to. Well, well, you I'll think, think of that yeah. and let me point out that not only did they have stock footage of Portland, but we had stock footage literally from around the world representing Portland. Um, did you notice those Christmas market scenes? I noticed the cu- I did. Yes. A couple of different places that I'm like that's not looks Danish <laughs> or something. So I paused it and there was actually a website banner in the background and it was schlau.com <laughs> and I went that. there and it was like a from Copenhagen or something. Yes. <laughs> it was just whatever was in the the bins version <laughs> of stock footage. Yeah, they just typed in Christmas. For, it's like a dual Christmas pack. Market. If you take a Portland, then you have to take a like a Minsk or whatever. But so my other question is for it not it really was very Portland centric as far as all these references went. Right. So And like kind of not just generalized too. They were kind they were very specific, which is Absolutely. Yeah. So the question is why? Why did right. they bother? Like it was it would have been easier to set this, you know, in LA or somewhere else. Mm. I mean, uh there's the uh the city, the Economic Development Council, I'm sure pays money into, you know, we get tourism out mm. of any Mention of the city, and they mentioned the heck out of this. They do. So, do you and think so, that Portland somehow gave money to this production? It's like a totally. yeah, like a product placement. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder if you bid with all these different cities For sure. and then work with totally. a person to work in totally. little and local the, flavor. And if you think about 2015, uh, you know, it was the ramp up yeah. of uh, get all the millennials Portlandia. and Portlandia, yeah. Portlandia yeah. And, and all the all the things. And Portland was the hippest little town. Uh, one in of the these, country, and one so one of these days we need to get Tim Williams on here, the the director of the uh, Oregon Film Institute organization, uh, OFI, yeah, OFI. Because um, yeah, there's all those little questions like that that I have about how all that that inside baseball stuff works. Um, so what? Right. Continue with the screenshots, or um, yeah, sure. Yeah, we can show a couple. Okay. Um, nice so made in Oregon. Side. Another made in Oregon with big pink. Yep, really selling it. And. The Fremont, Fremont Bridge, Bridge and the Broadway Bridge and the Burnside Bridge and the Hawthorne Bridge. Yeah, there are some well. beautiful uh, aerial aerial shots of all of downtown with all the bridges and um, yeah. and then here's uh, back to heaven <laughs> with them <laughs> with their hastily cut out circle. And was there a reason for this? Yeah, screen? I just wanted to give people the idea of the <laughs> How level much of effort that effort? was put into the uh, graphic design of this So film. that was kind of getting back on track with what the plot is. So she's sent back and has to figure out no, how to help. Before we get back to the oh. plot, Mark, do you have the video that I sent you? Oh, dear. Yes, but it won't show up in, in this little list. I can I can cue that up. 
All right. Well, I'm just going to talk about it. Okay. So uh, in the beginning of the movie, when they were doing the credits, the credits were really weird. They would show like uh, uh, a scene of the city followed by a still shot of, of something Christmassy, like a close up of an ornament or something. And there was one where they cut from the city to a close up of an ornament and the camera moves up for like two <laughs> seconds and it doesn't go anywhere. It just goes up for two seconds and stops. And it's like... It, it totally looks like a mistake. It, they just left it in. Okay, let me let me pull this up. And but it was a weird choice. Every time there was a street scene, uh, 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 in between uh, transition shot of they would do a establishing shot of the city and then like a close up of like a Christmas market or whatever, Here which were very. The camera pans up like an inch and then stops. <laughs> and for... stops. This is also, and they would all that surprised me too is that whenever they did the shots of like the market or they did a lot of outdoor ice skating scenes, how that was very much not Portland. Like they went through so much effort for the big shots, it would just seem like maybe they don't have stock footage of very specific things. Like, although there was a shot of the Christmas tree in Pioneer Square at one point, there was there was that one shot, yep, um, but the rest of them were not in. Germany? Where did you say that was from? Yeah, Denmark. Denmark. <coughs> it's so crazy. Um, are we ready to get back to the back exciting to the plot, story? What yeah. actually happens? Yeah. In this so movie? she shows up at. I can't believe it's not Chris Pratt's apartment. Yes, where and he's shirtless a lot. Where he's shirtless a lot, and she uh, figures out that he is the not Chris Pratt is the only person on Earth who can see her. And she thinks that she has been sent there to uh, right the wrong of Chris Pratt's life, um, thinking that after they broke up and after she died, he's at rock bottom. And uh, what is it that he needs to do to get his life back on track? And they, they talk about where he's at and they decide that it's that he needs to open his life. He needs to fulfill his lifelong dream of opening his own pub. Um, right. Do we know what his current job is? <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> it didn't. So his whole struggle is to uh, is to procure and then open a dream bar. But I guess we don't know what his day job is now. We know what her day job was. Oh yes, she was Portland's real estate queen. Yes, at Dingo Realty, <laughs> the the late great, whatever her name was, Sarah, Sarah something or other. Which I, when they showed a little clip of the business card, it was a five hundred three number and not it wasn't five hundred three five five five. It was like some real number. I guess I should have tried we to call, call it. it. Do they, you know you had the phone number from Sarah? How Sarah got her wings? <laughs> <laughs> and they did use Oregon license plates too. I noticed. I saw that because the other thing about the pickup from the hockey team, uh, the hockey practice that happens in Glendale, uh, he the Chris Pratt just drives around in circles in the parking lot. But they did swap out his. Uh, he goes around that parking lot like three times. You see the same mountains in the background, the same field. That's funny. But yeah, they did. I did notice they put an Oregon plate on that, so at least they had that. Right. Um, so yeah, she's he's the only one that can see her, which leads to a lot of awkward. That guy hugging air like when somebody else walks in they can't see her so they'll show a quick shot of like him kissing the air when he's it's it's so like the type dumb. of humor you would see in a movie with the rock <laughs> <laughs> it is very gentle humor like that yeah, right. with the rock was i talking about that with you yeah. about how uh, chris rock in or chris rock chris rock the, the rock, rock the rock in chris movies. the rock <laughs> chris the rock um he can't be shown he, it's his characters always have to have an innocent and a family vibe. He's never like going and sleeping with all the women and he's never doing dangerous. It's always very family friendly and he's always married and doing something for the kid or so it's very interesting it's to bizarre. notice once you look at all his movies. Um, but sadly he is not in this movie either. <laughs> <laughs> so to make a long story short, uh, he goes and talks to the person who uh, owns the bar that he has always wanted to buy because it's where his grandfather took him to watch the boats as they come in. Right. And uh, he ends up, uh, because Sarah is able to touch the owner of the bar and figure out that his wife recently passed away, she tells Chris Bratt to ask him about his deceased ex-wife and then 
I don't know. Liza is telling me that she feels safe with this decision. Liza wants you to know she's waiting for you with With a 34 (laughs) Pinot Noir. (laughs) And that's... So that's the problem I had with this movie is that this, you know, the premise is very cliche. All this stuff, the bones of it are very cliche, but they don't have any fun with it. Like we find out in this one scene suddenly that when Sarah touches this guy, she can kind of see in, you know, into the afterlife question mark all these powers but then all these powers show up when they're needed in the scene because later yeah later she one-time use realizes that she can uh possess somebody she walks around with um what were we calling him the little the guy from new york who's like four feet tall not vince vaughn not vince vaughn uh possesses him to like get them together at the end and we're finding out all these things that could lead to you know, some amusing shenanigans along the way. Like, oh, she has to possess this guy and this guy and it all falls apart. Or like they don't, Chris Pratt doesn't believe that he's seeing and she has to prove it by pushing this and that. And like none of that fun stuff happens. It just happens once when that story needed to like kind of wrap itself up and then never heard of again. And yeah, it doesn't lead like, to anything amusing. Oh, she can shut the door. Oh, she can dim the lights. Like, that was a really cute moment when she, like, kind of s- told him to stop or whatever, and the door slams, and she kind of looks, she's like, oh, or made a little funny. That. Yeah, yeah, and that was, like, fun, and I kind of wanted more of that, but it, yeah, it's like they could have gone uh, the Bruce Almighty route. Totally. And he's just, you know, doing wacky things that he's always wanted to do. You yeah, because the story's so lazy. She, which... has, she has zero fun being an angel. You know, if she was suddenly back on Earth. And everyone immediately believes her there is never the moment of like oh i can't i can't he does it a little bit but like even later um so not chris pratt uh it it turns there's a mid movie twist there's a mid movie twist and after he is able to buy the bar she disappears. She goes back to heaven. Back and then to heaven. They tell her that she did not do what she needed to do. That wasn't the thing. Yeah. And she, so she goes back and now she I, begs them for an extension. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and so she goes back to earth thinking that she was only gone for like five minutes, but it's been a whole year. And now I can't believe it's not Chris Pratt. Can't see her, but his new ish girlfriend, Amanda can see her. But it's been a whole year since they've been gone and a year <clears throat> since not Chris Pratt. Well, at that point, they had been broken up for a year. Oh, right. Because what happened? Oh, Be- because important. the first time they were there, first they were time she was there, date. Um, they had just started to date and uh, Sarah. Um, dead X shows up. Dead X shows up. But Chris Pratt uh, uh, flakes on her. Uh, to hang out with Sarah at the new bar and kisses Sarah and yeah falls back in love with the angel right and so she broke up with her uh, broke up with him at that point right because a whole year he stood Amanda up to kiss an angel but during this entire year not Chris Pratt has been spending an extraordinary amount of secret time with her Amanda's 11 year old son because the story was the son was singing in the choir in the Christmas choir thing Chris Pratt doesn't make it because he's busy making out with the dead girlfriend Um, and they don't Amanda who is the other girl and not Chris Pratt don't talk for a whole year but during this whole year because the son needs a a male father figure, but so they're secretly because Ion Network said so. <laughs> this story demanded it. They had been meeting at arcades this whole time and not telling the mom, which is not okay. It's violently that wrong. Is ethically questionable at best. I think there's a hashtag for that. <laughs> but yeah, that that's who he picks up Him from too. hockey practice. <laughs> is is that little boy? Um, but yeah, that was that was crazy that they were spending all that time together. So, anyways, uh, Sarah comes back for for round two, and then this time only Amanda can see her. Yeah, and she realizes that her real purpose is to get Chris Pratt and Amanda together, and that's what she needs to do in order to get accepted into heaven. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so. This is where I started having problems with the the premise of the movie. <laughs> Is is if you the only way that you can get into heaven is by forcing two people to get together that wouldn't otherwise naturally get together? <laughs> like <laughs> that seems problematic. But that's their destiny. <laughs> they don't know their own destiny. They have to have an intervention. 
<sighs> so, what happened? <laughs> At that point, I got bored and was and Amanda's browsing from, Reddit. Amanda's from England, <laughs> so at one point, and she takes every, like, no matter what happens, she immediately wants to, uh, this new girlfriend, Amanda, wants to, like, run away and never speak to anyone again. Right. That's the reason, like, that not Chris Pratt had been, he said he's been trying all year to get a hold of her and patch things up and try to explain, and she hasn't taken her call his calls, and they kind of agree to maybe start dating, but then, like, I don't know, she got the wrong order at the restaurant, and she's like, I can't, I can't, and, like, runs away. She's, like, taking every opportunity to, like, abandon the relationship, and he, the whole time he's like, I'm all in. He keeps saying that. Right. Like, I'm invested now, and, and the kid wants it, and Chris, not Chris Pratt wants it, and she runs away at every turn. Ugh. Another one of Sarah's powers is the power of festive Christmas decorating. Which she's constantly doing. She uh, decorates Amanda's house. By adding one string of Christmas lights <laughs> and calling it good. <laughs> when they show the first time she has this power is after Doc Chris Pratt buys his bar that's on a wharf of some sort in, in San Diego, I think is Dock where that footage is from. Dock sides. And she goes, oh, you know, surprise, I Christmas decorated your your bar, which is just a string of like the small Christmas lights around the Fairy inside lights. of the windows and Chris, not Chris Bright is blown away. He's like, oh, how, how did, did you, you do, do it? It's because a man would never think to do that. <laughs> and then she decorates Amanda's apartment and Amanda's apartment had, there's a big bowl in the middle of the coffee table that it looked like it was filled with cabbage or mashed potatoes too. or something super weird was in there. Uh, they mentioned Powell's. I didn't catch that. What did they say? I think they, now I don't remember. I think they just mention they, um, they don't say city of books or anything. I think we went to Powell or just some off. We went reference. to Powell city of books, TM. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so explain the ending of this movie. It was confusing to me. Was it? Okay. So, I'll, I'll do I'll do a wind up here. This so, is our this is our clickbait uh, podcast title: How Sarah Got Her Wings. Ending explained. <laughs> Shocking ending explained. So uh, she Sarah can appear to Amanda, the new girlfriend, this whole time, and works to get her uh, Amanda and not Chris Pratt back together. Um, which she does. Which she does, but then something random happens, and Amanda runs away from the relationship again. Right. Well, and, a man, and Sarah has to possess not... She, she learns a new power and she can... No, this time, nobody can see her, but she can, has the power to take over the body of anybody she wants to. Yeah. So she takes over the body of Vince Vaughn and then the, gets the two back together. Yeah. Which but... She must drive as Vince Vaughn from his house because that's when she first possessed him. Is in his house. Right. He was in the middle of throwing his own Christmas party, <laughs> right. and she showed up there to text from his phone and then possess him. So she like drove all the way there yeah. to the church <laughs> as him. As him. <laughs> so she gets them back together. She goes back to heaven, and then they let her in heaven now. But then she just all of a sudden is like, "Oh, I'm having second thoughts. I don't really want to go to heaven. I th- there's so much life I want to live. I want to have a family and." And then they just let They're her. Just like, oh, okay. Oh, we can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And, and they th- send her back to Earth right before she gets hit by the bus. Alive. <laughs> and then fine. She didn't have to sacrifice anything. She didn't have to. Which means that Chris Pratt and uh, Amanda are no longer together. Because this is all before. Because it's. Bef- it's... <sighs> so all the whole movie is pointless. Wait. No, because because. Now, not Chris Pratt won't flake on the boy's recital because he won't be falling in love with ghost Sarah. I I can argue that by saying the first time that they sort of rekindled was when Chris Pratt went to met Amanda when they were picking up a Christmas tree. And the only reason he was there is because Sarah took him out. To that lot. To that lot. And without Sarah there, he's not going to meet Amanda there that first time. So there's no guarantee they're going to end up. 
This is very Back to the Future 2 when I, all of right. if we watch it carefully again, we'll see extra them <laughs> in the background <laughs> in the alter. It's the run Lola run <laughs> version of this where it's just different endings. I'm imagining one of those uh charts for the movie Looper, except for how <laughs> Sarah got her way. Primer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I meant primer, primer mint primer, yes. Uh Looper works too. <laughs> yeah. But Oh, didn't there something happen at the very end then? Oh, when they when she's possessing um, uh, Vince Vaughn and and she goes to the church where not Chris Pratt is uh, and Amanda is and gets them back together. They're standing in the middle of like the church social hall, which has like 15 homeless people just sleeping on the floor. And they're having this big like heart to heart dramatic movie speech. And the floor is just littered with homeless people at Christmas. And then they all applaud at the end when they kiss. My favorite scene is when uh, uh, I can't believe it's not Chris Pratt walks in with a bottle of wine and the homeless lady (laughs) kind (laughs) of. And the homeless lady kind of looks at him longingly and she's like, can I have that? And and he says, I don't know. Are you supposed to have this? And she just kind of nods her head. Yes. And she takes it and she looks at it and she wanders off. (laughs) Yes. Ah, uh, that was great. I did write that down. Ah, <laughs> uh, what else? Happened? Oh, everybody in this movie too. I wrote down um, when they're have. There's a lot of talking in this movie where the two care instead of like showing something, they just get together in in a room and they talk about the things that have happened or will happen that we don't get to see as the audience. We never get to see any of their fun relationships we just could see them talk about it but then everybody is lit like captain kirk where it's just like all dark but there's just a nice spotlight just on their eyes and cheek and they're like just beautifully lit just and there was a scene when amanda can see her but not chris pratt can't and they're kind of standing in a hallway right right uh, talking to each other and all three of them just have spotlights right gently at their eyes Talking. That's so what great. Christmas looks like, Todd. <laughs> Christmas in the Northwest <laughs> looks like that. Uh, well, what? Else? So now I am not a huge con. Of, oh, go ahead. No, I just had a random thought pop yeah. into my head. Do you think that uh, Apple paid to have Heaven represented as the Apple Store? <laughs> I think they must not have because they told them to cover it up, cover that crap right. up. Right. Which is why they hastily had to cut that circle out. Um. So I am not a connoisseur of, you know, cheesy Christmas movies. I kind of understand the appeal, but I don't really watch any of them. So how do we think from that perspective? Because I was talking oh. with Sarah, uh, Sarah Dillon earlier tonight. And I said, oh. we're doing how Sarah got her wings. And she's like, oh, I love that movie. So for <laughs> so there's that. So how does it stock? My opinion of Sarah just went down. <laughs> Brought to you by Fun Employment Radio. <laughs> And Christmas, well, her favorite song of, the, of all time is also Christmas in the Northwest. So, Sarah, this go. episode is for you. Dedicated to you. Um, does it stand up as one of those movies? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Like, you know, you think of like, ah, it's Christmas time. What do I need to cue up? You know, the Grinch and the Peanuts and the. And it's the, a wonderful life. It's a wonderful and, life, and and uh, you know, hol- uh, Christmas vacation, and I would never like. I guess if my grandmother was I coming, would never. <laughs> I would never. I how if my dare if, this movie. If if my grandmother was coming to stay with me, and we had like six hours to kill. This would be an hour and a half. This is kind of the perfect, and that's probably what it was designed for. For yeah. uh, the whole family is it's, here. We have to find it's, something it's to watch. Violently non-offensive. <laughs> so I can understand. Like I could go the entire month of October with a horror movie on, just in the background, right? Just you know to set the mood. Yeah. You know, if, if you want this movie on in the background while you're putting up Christmas decorations, sure. I guess I would agree with that. Although, like we mentioned, it is just not Christmassy. Right, it takes no... place at Christmas, but car- well, Christmas is only they giving... go out of their way to make it Christmassy. Do you did you but... notice like on every single light pole and every single trash can has a bow <laughs> wrapped around it? The bow budget was insane for this movie. But there's no Christmas message. 
How the only thing Christmas does is provide the artificial timetable of like, you have to do this before Christmas. Christmas. Why? I don't know. For reasons that are never explained. Or Yeah. But yeah, other than the Christmas decorations and the general backdrop, there is no. So what is the moral of the story? Uh, if you die, ask for forgiveness at the pearly gates and you'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> like just ask nicely what? and you won't die. Yeah. That's the message I got. That's so dumb. It is the most like <laughs> non-offensive uh, message possible. It was uh, selected by a committee uh, of eight guys in suits, milk toast, and bland water. It is like <laughs> how you how you can buy the gingerbread house kits. This right. was the the not Hallmark movie kit for a non-offensive yeah, making... Christmas movie. Exactly. Interesting. I wonder how much how much uh, how much residuals. You would get for a Christmas movie like this. I mean, they just now that they're playing them all the time, it's probably worth being in one. Someone told me that Paul McCartney makes six hundred thousand dollars a year from residuals on Wonderful Christmas Time. Louise, we need a holiday hit, Todd. I know. Yes, we do. We'll get right on that. Let's make our own like holiday movie. They <laughs> dig up Mariah Carey every year right oh. about this time, and. I've come to the conclusion that my worst holiday song, the one that I hate the most, isn't a specific artist, or to, but it's the 12 Days of Christmas. Yeah. Because it is so tedious. <laughs> you have to count up and then <laughs> down, and you're getting so sick of it, and the five golden rings being drawn out, and it's just like, oh, it's so... It, I remember when I was a kid, and my mom and dad... Um, We'd watch like two TV shows, America's Funniest in Videos, and they would watch 60 Minutes. And I remember just waiting for 60 Minutes to be over for America's Funniest in Videos to start and watching in the ad breaks, they show the like the ticking clock of like where you are in the right. hour and just looking at this <laughs> like it was taking forever and they would show the stopwatch. I'm like, oh, just hurry up. <laughs> and that's how you feel every time you hear 12 Days of Christmas. Yes, and that's Sorry. the same feeling. It's like you're just trapped in that song and you can't get out. <laughs> Mark, do you have your uh, least favorite Christmas story. song? Uh, so the the there was a Muppet Christmas album with John okay. Denver with John Denver, yeah, and oh, yeah. and I I was seconding the Twelve Days of Christmas done by the Muppets, <laughs> where. <laughs> Seems like that's the it's only tolerable way. <laughs> Miss Piggy <laughs> does the five golden, five golden rings. rings. Uh, but, uh, least favorite? Uh, I I don't I don't know if I have a least favorite. The other uh, there were two more options that just kept popping up over and over uh, in my thread. One was uh, the Christmas donkey song. Which I was not at all. It was like Dominic the Italian Christmas <laughs> what? donkey. What? <laughs> what is not going on right now? There's this song called Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey. Okay. And people seem to not like it. I, I played like five seconds of it on YouTube and I immediately was like, I see why people don't like this. <laughs> I hope you're pulling it up right now. Uh, Reba, hold on. I, I'm trying to do two things uh, at the same time here. So what is it? Just, what is it called? I don't know. Just search Christmas donkey. <laughs> I mean, I was not familiar with this That's song. That's a risky click right there. <laughs> and it's not the Rum Pum Pum song. Like. No, 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 no. Okay. Oh, Dominic um, the Donkey. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Let's see what this is. Just jump in somewhere. Oh, dear. Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic the Donkey. Jingity jing. Oh. The Italian Christmas donkey. La, la, la. I, this is the worst thing ever. Oh my god! I'm not going to listen to any more because I don't ever want that stuck Christmas, in my head ever. Christmas in the Northwest. I know. Let's go back turn, to it. How I'm so sorry, Christmas in the Northwest. I was so mean to you when you are soothing salve. Oh my word. Uh, 
a gift that's wrapped so, in green. I just don't know in what context they you ever would come across that donkey song. Because and I don't want to explore where it came. Nope. I don't want to know any more about it. Than <laughs> like you're not going to hear it in Macy's. Uh, and it's not like a branded product of any kind or like something that would have been a cartoon. I mean, like. some, some people were saying um, <laughs> the rapey song. I use air quotes, <laughs> which, which is apparently song. what we're calling Baby, oh, it's, cold Baby it's Cold Outside in 2018. All My right. friend Wendy is, uh, is a really great uh, jazz singer and she does lots of little events and stuff like that and i remember last year she's like i really enjoy singing that song because it's fun to sing and like it's it's a fun duet or whatever she's like i don't think we're allowed to sing that anymore yeah and totally I was like, it's all sad it's been me it's been me too <laughs> yeah so. um and then uh like i want a hippopotamus for christmas a lot of people are not a fan of that one I, i've never heard of that one either that. i was familiar with that one don't don't wow it. i won't i'm just <laughs> Staying away from all that. But then the other one that I had I was not familiar with at all was uh called Christmas Shoes. Yes. I'd never heard that of that one. That is the Hallmark movie of songs, and it is the worst piece of pablum that has ever been written. It's so I, bad. I watched the music video and uh, it's a movie too. It's a actual Hallmark movie. Yes, half of the music video is scenes from the movie. It is so emotionally manipulative <laughs> in the dumbest and most... It's about like a kid whose mother is dying and he's trying to raise money to buy her a pair of Christmas so he, yeah, shoes so the, she looks good for Jesus. <laughs> the premise is it's sung by a man who's standing in line at the store and there's a little dirty grubby boy, he says, standing behind him. And please, the, sir, can I have can I shoes? have tuppence or whatever? Yeah, he wants to buy these shoes, and it turns out his mom is gonna die any day, and he wants to um he wants to give mom the shoes because be mommy's a, gonna meet Jesus tonight. He should be at the, the bins looking for shoes. <laughs> but yeah, that song is the it was bad worst it was, it was the really worst bad. when mommy sees Jesus tonight. Oh, <laughs> terrible! All right, well, do we have any other thoughts of? How Sarah got her groove back. <sighs> um. <laughs> it did. I mean, to be fair, this featured some of the best Portland footage that we've seen yep. in movies so far. Well, that's what happens when you buy the uh, deluxe Portland stock footage package. It was. It was the 4K they're, package. They're like, we'll take all your Portland stock footage. Yeah. So, And I didn't see in the credits who, I don't even know if you have to say, like, Usually, there wasn't even a thanks to Portland or Oregon in the. In huh. the it was just filmed in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> so, like I said, there were like five minutes, five minutes of difference between the Netflix and the broadcast version, That's and so I think weird. probably three and a half of those five minutes were uh, shots establishing of shots because there Portland. were a lot. Probably, yeah, because yeah, there was a lot of ad breaks if it showed on this Ion mm -hmm. television. But it was beautiful. So whoever was responsible for that footage, <laughs> nice job. It was a nice showcase of your work, even though the, the movie was not terrible. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that leads us to the movie for um, next time. And I was on a Facebook thread. I've had a, some really great Facebook discussions uh, lately with some people who are like, I worked on this and this, and I was there for Fatal Revenge, and I know the person who did the makeup for this. And so um, continue to let us know your your Portland movie stories because yes. uh, we will start to compile them and eventually do something, do something with them. But something that came up uh, in the thread was a movie from 1984 called Courier of Death. Ooh. And mm. uh, it was talked about uh, in the same uh, hushed tones as The Room and other classics. Uh, so we'll play a little bit of the trailer here for Courier of Death. The entire movie is on YouTube. Uh, so let's take a look here. Imagine you're chained to a briefcase. That briefcase contains $70 million. I like his voice. A self-destruct device. How could any bank let two guys carry all that dough in a briefcase? Any jerk could open that up in two seconds. It's rigged with explosives, stupid. Without the right combination, it's all over. Imagine you're hounded by a ruthless gang who'll stop at nothing to get the money. Yes. This looks amazing. Yeah. They kill your wife. <laughs> what? Your best friend. And they steal the money. 
the money. This is like machete voice. They steal the money. That's totally what it is. So hmm, I, I won't wow. play the rest of that because there's not a lot going on in the trailer. But yes, Courier of Death, I think uh, uh, there's some crossover uh, with that and a lot of the other independent movies uh, like Fatal Revenge that came out in the 1980s. Um, so I'm really looking forward to kind of cleansing the palate a little bit with something that is uh, looks to be super enjoyable and a, a super great B movie. Back so, something in our wheelhouse again. Yes. So we are back on the horse in 2019 with a, a whole nother year with hopefully a movie that was actually filmed in <laughs> Portland <laughs> I felt so lied to and glamored the movie glamored me for a long time yes glamored Mark successfully yes. I'm gonna have to ask Brian go back to ask Brian Turner now if he realized well when I mentioned to Sarah tonight I was like we're doing how Sarah got her wing you know and there's a lot of beautiful footage but none of it was filmed here and she's like now that you mentioned that, I yeah. had that feel. It's like uh, Red Letter Media says, you may not have noticed, but, but your, your brain, brain did. <laughs> so um, if you are a fan of those uh, cheesy Christmas movies, then maybe put it on in the background while you're decorating something that you need to be not offensive. So it is on Netflix. So other than that, um, that brings us all to a close. Speaking of a lot of fun employment radio, uh, check out uh, them they have a great podcast every day and a great archive if you are part of the Fun Employment Radio Network. Mark, tell me about The Bins. <clears throat> the Bins are are uh, our little playground <laughs> that we get to explore and find interesting little uh, um, uh, nuggets of fun and, and interesting and weird and crazy items and then we do kind of a a video series of a show and tell of the great things that you can find at the goodwill discount bins the outlet bins it, it's christmas every day at the goodwill outlet bins. Indeed. so you can find that on youtube search for bins worthy uh brian what about you what can we do if people want to find out more about the unipiper uh, they can always go to unipiper.com and keep up on the latest Unipiper goings on. But I encourage everyone to come out uh, to my Unipiper pop-up shop in downtown Portland uh, on the 15th and 16th of December. Yes, yes. Um, and check us out on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Portland at the movies. And help support us uh, as we continue to do this show and the other things that we do. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Let's listen to a little bit more of Christmas in the Northwest. Thank you for listening. Christmas in the Northwest is a child's answer dream. Take away the presents and they still will have a dream. For Christmas in the Northwest is a good